welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on internet land and socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. All right, we should be uh, we should be live here with motherfucking Michael Voss. <laughs> How you doing, Mike? I'm great, Preston. How are you? I am doing wonderful. We had some. Uh, it, it's crazy the timing. I told you people are trimming our trees in our complex, mm-hmm. and they were literally right outside my window before we started doing <laughs> this. I'm like, oh, great. Of course, the one day we're going to do the interview, they decided to go right outside my window. But I think we're uh, we got a little pause going right now. Well, I think they're doing lunch. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, so, how are things over there? You're in uh, what is it? You're outside of Chicago, and is it? Yes. Am I pronouncing it right? Waukegan. Waukegan. You got it. It's awesome. Uh, they used to make Johnson Motors here, so and ah. it's a. It, we're right on the lake. They have uh, they long since it became a, a pollution super site in uh, the seventies. You know. Oh so wow! They've, they've cleaned it all up. So I've been hoping that it's going to gentrify and, you know, the value of my home is going to go way up, but we'll see. So, yeah, are people still uh, freaked out about old, buying property uh, over there? Like immigrant commu- uh, community. I'm sorry? Oh, that's okay. Is I, I was saying, are people still freaked out about buying uh, property there because of that? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, we still have one of the last coal mines, or not coal mines, coal burning plants. Oh, okay. I, I need to... Uh, probably turn off other sounds that I'm hearing. You can't hear them, but no, um, I, they sound fine here. Okay, good. Are these the voices in your head, Mike? <laughs> no, <laughs> these are like <laughs> other people that are pinging me, you know, Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Instagram. Uh, my, my buddy, Tom, Hey Mike, you commented on something. I'm like, I, I can only focus. I'm pretty uh, single focused, you know, yeah. if I have too many things going on. I, I, I can't, uh, I can't do it. I hear you. I'm the same way. I, if I, I have anxiety, so when I have too many things going on, I'm multi, multitasking too much. It just throws me off. I'm glad we're we're zeroed in here. Yeah. So how how is everything going over there with um, the virus, which will not be named? We are a hot spot. Uh, Waukegan is in Illinois. I mean, um, there's a couple of them. Uh, it's not horrible. I mean, it's okay. not like New York or. You know, I don't know how many cases, but uh, and our governor governor has done a good job of uh, keeping us pretty much locked down, and uh, so I think that we're on our way back right now. I, I hear that oh, uh, May fifteenth, we uh, the governor might let us out, right? Like, limited, you know, let us out limitedly, let um, us out of our playpen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think we'll still be working from home till the end of May. Okay. Okay. How's that been for you, that, that transition? It's pretty crazy. You know, I think I, I'm, I'm built for it. I think I'm actually, 
I kind of, you know, I can handle it. I like it. I like being alone. Uh, I don't really miss going out there. You know, I'm not a big, you know, whoop it up kind of guy anyway. So right. um, I'm doing pretty well with it. So I know um, my sisters are going crazy, you know, that kind of stuff. But Oh, yeah. It's hitting yeah. different people uh, in different ways. For me, I, I agree. I think as artists, we're, we have that kind of built in a little bit. We like the isolation. But um, it seems like you've got a pretty good spread. I haven't been in your house, but I've seen pictures and video. It sounds like you got a pretty good spread there. So oh, man. It's not yeah, like you're to, confined to one, like exactly. to, to 600 square feet. You know, I talked my wife into, because uh, we're empty nest now. My daughter just left, my youngest. That's just right. Left. Yeah, she's off to fight the COVID virus down in, uh, for a company that has got the contract to sterilize or sanitize n95 masks so she's off learning how to do that and then it's wow. shipped up. anyway well that's right good now, i mean good for her for doing that but I'm, I'm sorry you know you must be a little freaked out about it a little bit a little bit my wife's really freaked out but i'm you know because i'm both proud and then freaked out you know so right right um how are they doing it i know here my wife my wife works at ucla and they're doing these ultraviolet uh, cleaning stations where they, they clean the mask with ultraviolet rays. Uh, how are they doing it there? Do you I, know? I think it's a chemical uh, oh. bath of some sort. I think okay. it's a chemical bath. I, I read up on it a little bit. The Tell Corporation. The they Tell seem Corporation. Like, yeah, they they seem like uh, military industrial complex. Thing. So it freaks me out <laughs> that way. But, right. but they seem to have it together. And my daughter seems really well protected and they well, that's good. I hope that yeah. I hope they're taking care of her. And thank you to her for for doing that. And oh, you but know, being on the I'm sorry. Line. To your question, to your question, uh, our 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 other son had left, and so I've got this great big room that is just like kind of spread out, and I can I I just sent a piece to uh, Shockbox, so I'm super excited about you know oh, I just great, got yeah. room to spread out, and we had uh, wisely made a purchase from there's a company called Uline, which you can get. Yeah, I know you. Vir- yeah, virgin cardboard, you know, <laughs> unadulterated <laughs> cardboard. And so I bought like this double, uh, this double, you know, pane or what would you call it? Two sets of uh, cardboard that you know, is double thick, I guess, and to yes. protect the pieces. But they're huge. And so you got to. Two ply cardboard. Yes, two ply. Thank you. And uh, to uh, to have the room to, to cut it <laughs> without like taking over the entire living room. Is, is yeah. Well, that's been very complicated for, for me. I, I ship a lot of work and I have a place, like I've got my go-to place to, to go. Every time I get an order, I, I'll stop by, pick up some materials and that just went away, as you know. So we had to do a bunch of pre-planning and order from a diff- bunch of different companies and getting it on time was difficult. Getting the kind of stuff that I was looking for was difficult. Um, so I know a lot of people are, are, are struggling with that right now, uh, not just with art supplies, but toilet paper, <laughs> you name it. But uh, I'm glad you. Um, I'm glad you have your your stuff. And Mike and I know each other because of Shockbox. You yes. got juried in. This is your what your third time in a row. I know, man. I I I don't know what it is, but whatever. I'm just gonna not jinx it by. You're saying just anything. that good. That's what it no, is. No, no. It's just like I'm gonna just hopefully. I'm actually switching up. You know, I don't know. I, you know, I've got plenty of questions for you, but I, I I'm yeah, looking, I'm excited about continuing down that vein but also veering off in other directions and so i'm worried about that you know yeah what if they don't like that you know <laughs> right <laughs> what if they don't like the, that veer over this direction but i'm just gonna go for it you know 
Well, hey, you've gotten in three in a row, so you're bound to like- you're you're bound to get passed over one of these times, right? Yeah. So I I look at that as a positive thing, and you know I've been listening to the PMS artwork uh, podcast, so I'm like, nice. You know, just don't even worry about it. It's part of the process, you know. Very, but it very much. Yet, so. Oh yeah, I, I love it. I I've gotten to the point where it's just like. I'm, I love rejections. I love when I get passed <laughs> over. It just feeds me, you know. Not only does it feed the fire to keep doing it, but it's right. like, okay, I'm making progress. But so you, you not only did you get accepted to three Shockbox shows, but you were uh, a grand prize winner. I, you were I, you number one. I am still undefeated intergalactic <laughs> champion. I love it. That's, I was trying to remember. Yeah, it was, so it was intergalactic. That's right. It was intergalactic. So, you know, it's beyond this one small orb that we call home. I mean, this is intergalactic. This is so. intergalactic planetary. Yeah. That's right. You, uh, I think it was what, the sweep? Was that the yes. piece that you submitted? Oh, I love mm-hmm. that piece. I thought originally that was New York, but I'm assuming it's Chicago. Yes, actually with, if you, uh, I, my back is facing the Art Institute uh, downtown in Chicago. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, and so I'm facing the other way, you know, facing directly west, like almost mid-noon, and the sun is just streaming straight from the south right down, I guess that's State Street right there. Uh-huh. And it was just a perfect timing, and there's a great puddle there. My wife was having oral surgery, so I had like two and a half hours to spend while she got knocked out Wow! for oral surgery. And I, I just, I took, you know, I went down there with the idea of finding something similar to that shot, you know, looking for a big puddle, looking to try and capture these, uh, the canyon of opulence that's down there, you know, Yeah. in reflection, you know, and uh, I took like 75 pictures at that one little puddle, but the very first one I took was with my phone and was with that, uh, the suite coming up to, to get that garbage, you know, it was just an yeah. amazing shot. So it was the very oh, first so one got, I didn't. Oh, uh, you took, got it with the, the, the camera phone. I did. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So then I, I, you know, I, I do go through a big process to, kind of convert that into not a big process, but to get it onto canvas, you know, you have to do a number of jumps to get it there. Yeah. So how do you do, I, I used to do um, realism and pop surrealism back mm-hmm. in the day. I was, I was mainly a figurative artist back in the day. And I'm interested to hear how you convert that. I know when I, when I learned in school, we started with kind of a grid format yes. where you'd grid it and then you'd put it on canvas. And then I just got to a point where I was like, fuck this, I'm just going to do it by eye. Uh, right. Are you are you working with uh, a similar grid I, system or? I, well, what I do is I will take the a model. I'll basically have a model, and uh, I'm sorry. Let me go back. What I do is I generally try and get the image down to what I really want it on the canvas. Yeah. In like uh, Photoshop or something like that. I'll start there, get it close, and then print it. You know, a small size in the same relative uh, ratio. Right. As the canvas, obviously not as big as the canvas. And then I'll just use grid lines on that. And I have, I put grid lines down or actually I use dots very similar. You know, this is why I'm drawn to the, the Ivan. Uh, I can't remember Ivan's last name. Uh, Ivan's stuff in Shockbox right now where oh, he has yes. that, that, those dots of the grid. That's, right. I've always got those. If you look at my underpaintings, they all have a, you know, a grid pattern of the dots. So I'm oh, super cool. drawn, super drawn to that. You know, I'm like, wow, because there's many a times where I want to stop, you know, at the underpainting. I'll use like a monochrome, like a, a um, burnt umber or yeah. something like that. You know, just a monochrome to get it down and get it right, get it feeling like it's warm and 
correct. And, you know, like you, I'm not drawing it on there in absolute precision, but I'll refer to the, the gridded uh, model uh, just to make sure that it's making sense as a composition. Right. No, that's that's great. I mean, that that's a great way to, first of all, learn, but also to get accuracy because you, I, I had a little more leeway with mine when I was doing kind of pop surrealism, but you, would you categorize your stuff as photorealism? I don't know. I guess, yes. I w- because if it doesn't look right, then I hate it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So until I'm, uh, you know, I won't let it off the canvas. I'm sorry, I won't let it off the easel until I don't hate it anymore. So, right. so basically that's how I know when it's kind of done, you know, cause I, I'll fight with it. I'll fight with it. And I'll say, you know, I want it to be done. I'll be, I won't allow it off because I know myself, if I let it off the canvas, then it's going to get buried and then I'm going to have projects everywhere. Oh yeah. And so I don't let them off. And so I have to have more space because I have to have more easels because otherwise I won't have enough to work on. You know, Right so now I've got five, Five big easels up in my uh, in my studio right now with but different that's, pieces. That's great motivation too, because you're like, well, I oh, I can't switch to the next one until I finish this one. It forces you to focus in, zero in on what you're working on. Yeah, until I hate it less. <laughs> until I hate it less, exactly. That's awesome. Well, do you ever get to a point where you're? Are you? Because there are different types of artists. There are artists who just never feel comfortable with a piece. They never feel like it's finished. Do you ever feel like you've got something that you are happy with? I do. I do. I basically, I, I, I don't know. I I guess get to the uh, point where I've invested enough. It's not investing time. It's more of, can I make, it's the next stroke. I, you know, I watched the, there's an Andrew Wyeth or maybe I can't remember one of the documentaries that that's out there. Uh, There was one about, and I can't remember the reference, but basically he said, is the next stroke you're going to do going to make it better or is it going to make it worse? Right. And so, so I get to the point where, you know, I can't, I can still make it better. I, if I feel like it can still make it better, then I'll try. Uh, but then at some point I'm like, is the next one going to, you know, I, I can't really see how I'm going to make it better. I feel pretty good and I don't yeah. hate it. So be done with it. Get it out. Get it off. Maybe this means it's done. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if you're doing, if you're working with abstract, obviously you can use the accident a little more. For example, if you, if you put a stroke on there that you don't like, you can work with it and roll with it. It might change the overall feel of the abstract piece, but it's not going to necessarily ruin it. Whereas if you're working with photorealism, one, one bad stroke can kind of, uh, do you in a little bit. Yeah, they, they can, but I, I, I'm also getting, uh, trying to get better about not being so cautious with each stroke. You know, I would love right. to see gestural realism. If I could get that, that would be, you know, I want to get to the point where it's like a dance with the thing and I could get it down as gesture, but still look like it's the, you know, the soul of, of whatever you're trying to render. Yes. So. Well, that's the next stage, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I love, I love what you do. I well, was looking you. at your website today. Um, for anybody listening, it's me voss.com right m-e-v-o-s-s.com yeah and uh yeah i was i was going through there i was really digging a lot of your stuff i like the one of the uh the raccoon in yes the, <laughs> i think that's a newer piece right 2019 it is a newer piece uh you know you can get a deal on canvases you know you get you go to you get these horrible canvases from uh i don't know what's the uh i'm trying to think of the the retail outlet that we use here uh and it's, I'm blanking at the moment, but I'm wondering um, if it's the same as the one we use here. Probably not. Probably not, but it's, uh, they're real religious. They are not open on Sundays. I can't think of the name, but, Oh, wow. 
Uh, they're not open on Sundays, but anyway, you can get these really inexpensive. I'm sure uh, I'm a poor third world country that who forced to make, you know, children are making these canvases for me. Anyway, right, I, get them really right. cheap. I get them really inexpensively and then, but they're not high quality. And so I was using them and I wanted to make bigger pieces. So I was ending up uh, combining them with other canvases. And so I was doing, you know, pentaptics and uh, quadrant, like five, five ups and, so that was one of a five up that I did with a bunch of other uh, kind of animal and ecology related things. So that yeah. raccoon one was a fun one. My daughter had taken it, um, taken the shot of this raccoon in a dumpster. And I just love the. It has like that. I, I just have been caught feel to it. You know, like he, he, yeah, he's it, just it, looking back a lot over of, his shoulder. It's, it's, there was a fire in the been you know so it's it's just fun stuff so oh nice yeah i liked a lot of your animal stuff I, I mean i love your your um your your people your figures too but you had a couple that were like almost like a semi-surrealist uh feel like where yeah. you have i think you were one of them was um can't remember the name but the lunatic or something the lunatic uh lunatic sage yes lunatic sage yes almost yeah. like he's doing some sort of magic trick in in front of i, I don't know if those are your kids or if, or if that's somebody else in, in, nope. the, in the those are all internal. Those are all, every one of those are me, unfortunately. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. All of those people, all those people are me. I, I mean, I w- went through a phase where like the first five portraits I did were all of me. No one else would sit one. No one yeah. else. I could get no one else to sit. So that ended up doing, uh, you know, we went out to dinner with uh, some buddies of ours and, uh, and I was showing him my stuff and he's like, you know, Mike, there's a lot of pictures of you in here. <laughs> like, you know, I'm the only one that will sit. So, like, Oh my God. I know you are preaching to the choir because <laughs> when I first started, I, oh man, I must have 20 or 30 <laughs> paintings of myself and people are like, Oh great. Another one of you, Preston. And I was for the same reason. I am a cheap model. Yeah. <laughs> Plus I was trying to, I was working through like, um, you know, psychotherapy kind of things, you know, yeah, right. on, on canvas. It was my psychotherapy in oil, you know, so all of these images, you know, the one you were pointing out, the lunatic sage is really just like um, some Jungian uh, active imagination of me acting out a scene that I developed out of a whole cloth in my unconscious. So, yeah, it's like another level of uh, catharsis, right? You're not yeah. only is it cathartic to get your emotions out on, onto a canvas, but to explore yourself visually as well. I, I feel the same way. All my old stuff was very existential and dark and moody because that's how I was at the time. And it's a great, another, now another layer you. to do it. Now yeah. you're like, you're like all like screaming, beautiful color, you know? So. Yeah. And so I was really worried about you when you, I start seeing more black come out. A couple oh yeah. Weeks ago. It's like, always oh, no. there, man. It's always there. Oh no. I always talk about it being a trick. I feel like every artist has to, on some level, go through a dark period um, or, or just some sort of self-reflective period, at least. And I was battling some demons for well over a decade. And now I feel like it's so ingrained in me that I, I'm, I'm different now. I'm much happier and, and more centered. But if I need to dip back into that, it's just like, it's always there. It's like a, it's a, it's a well. It, so it's kind of a trick. It's not like I'm actually that dark anymore, but I know <laughs> what darkness is. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got got like endless material that if yeah. you need to, you can just haul it out, throw it out there. That's right. Hopefully so, it will sell. Hopefully it will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you are working for a, a company right now, right? It's like my primary 
motivation in life, but it is not making any money at the moment. <laughs> it is, it's also what I hope to do, you know, cause I'm at the stage in my life where I'm looking to uh, retire from the corporate world. And so hopefully, yeah. hopefully I can jump into this as my next vocation full time. Um, well, let me ask you, are you, first of all, are you nervous about that? That's question A. Does it feel like you are, it's like a security blanket having this job and B, how are you going to go about making that transition to monetizing your art? Are you doing online? Are you trying to do galleries? Are you trying to do a balance of those? Um, to answer your first question, I'm terrified of it. You know, I don't, I, I worry about the people who depend on me because I've always, you know, I, I made the, if you look at that, though, all of those self portraits, the very first one is man v shadow, which is me kind of struggling with that choice, with that yes. exact choice of whether you go and be an artist or you be an accountant. And so that piece, I haven't really put it out there. It's, I don't know if I should, did you sell all of your old self-portraits? You know, I don't know what to do with that thing. So I've got it. It's kind of a touch tone form or touch. That is a great piece too. I love that. The one in the alleyway. Yes. And so that's me against me. You know, it's me at 19, all pissed off about me at 19, choosing to go down this other path. So interesting. So bottom line, it, it's a it's a very scary thing for me. And I've got these people, my family, my wife, my children that depend on me. But they're at the point where they're pretty much taken care of. You know, they're all yeah. working. You know, we've yeah, we got some school loans to continue to take care of. You know, the question that I have for you, Preston, is, you know, because you, know, you really burnt the boat. You yes. torched it, you know, and you were just like, I'm going for it full time. And it was the right thing for you. But I'm I'm somewhat you know, I want that boat to come back and make a, you know, like a, a delivery. So we, we have, you know, I want it to come back, you know, I want to let the boat go, Yes. but have it come visit me every now and then. So as Woody Allen would say, a free floating life raft. Yeah. Something like that, because what I, and so the idea that Obamacare was out there is the, that boat for me, you know, so right. uh, Because I'm not really that worried about the income and I would really like to be in a, a space where I didn't have to sell this stuff to survive. Yeah, that's a tough place to be in. It can screw with your creativity. You yeah. You have to, for me, it's never easy. It wasn't like, oh, hey, now I'm good. I'm just going to jump and do this. I was terrified when I did it. And, and the day that I actually quit my day job was the day before the election of 2016. <laughs> and I don't want to get political, but I kind of... I was like, did I, what did I do? Did I, make, <laughs> did I make the right decision? I know, everybody else is going that way. Where, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but luckily I just, I kept, cooler heads prevailed. My wife and I are like, look, we'll be okay. You, I, I had established for about a year and a half to two years. I mean, I'd been doing, selling art to, mm-hmm. you know, word of mouth, all that kind of stuff. But as far as selling online, I, I'd been doing it for about a year and a half consistently. And I, I'd used that to pay off debts to save up a little money. So I had a little cushion and I also used it to develop a routine. So like, okay, I know what I'm going to kind of ease into when I, when I jump. And luckily I, I just hit the ground running with that. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to keep making some sales, but you yeah. know, there's always that time. And, and now like, for example, coronavirus, Oh, I named it. Um, <laughs> you know, that's one of those things where am I still going to be able to sell in this period? And if you don't have anything, if you don't have that free floating life raft, try saying that three times, uh, it's scary. So yeah, I I feel your, I feel your fear. And I think that's that's a common fear amongst all artists. Yeah. So the other thing that worries me is because 
in this time, you know, this, it's almost like a test run. You know, I don't have my boss like watching over my shoulder. I, you know, I got, I've been there a long time. They really love the work that I do. So they're, they're yeah. not really worried about it. Um, but I've, I've stopped painting. <laughs> I've, I picked up some other stuff, but I've stopped painting. And so I just, that kind of, I have not developed the, uh, the cadence that you you're speaking of, you know, that get up and, you know, do this at six 30 or whenever you, I, I'm a more, a real morning person. So I would love to be able to work my ass off from, you know, six 30 to like 10 30, take a nap yeah. and then, <laughs> then yeah. go back at it at two. You know? Well, that's interesting in and of itself. Just so I don't know. For me, it was, uh, I was a night owl. I used to work, I, I waited tables and, you know, I, I graduated from school and I, I told myself I'm going to wait tables because I want to have a job that I hate enough to keep me motivated to jump. And it took me a long time to jump. But when I did, it was like transition. All of a sudden I'm getting up at, you know, 6am with my wife and doing the the day job. And then halfway through the day when I've done all my marketing or my posting, these types of things, then I put on the other hat and and create. So you kind of have to be a little bit of a jack of all trades these days. Um, it seems like you are making that transition well. I see you doing stuff with Shockbox. I see you participating in the Zoom meetings. I see you on social media really getting out there because you didn't have Instagram for a while, right? Oh, I never had it. I mean, I'm telling you what, I keep saying it that um, Shockbox is doing it right. But what's happened is you guys have such a warm, welcoming little community out there. It's like, oh, they want, I should have a, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I I should have an Instagram. You know, I won this thing. I wept. Oh, <laughs> nice. When, you know, because it's, it's like exciting. Um, it is exciting. But, you know, I haven't done any of this stuff. So I got to, and I'm really good at it. And I've got a daughter who majored in marketing and she's doing, you know, uh, she's like, dad, you need to do this, 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 and this, you know, and, you know, be nice to people. But, right. uh, <laughs> you know, so she's coaching me through it. And so I don't have, I've never done anything on uh, Facebook or anything or, or yeah, but Instagram is really the medium. That, oh yeah, you know, as far as being online that we need right now. And and what I was impressed by with you was I saw you. I saw the beginning. I saw the origin. We're gonna get to your origin <laughs> origin story, but your origin story on on social media. I watched it uh, evolve, and it was like I was expecting you to get on and post, you know, like once every four four weeks or something, and and you know, comment here and there. But you were like, no, I'm doing stories. I'm posting every day. I'm like yeah. taking video, and that was impressive. Kudos to you. you you Yeah. I I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just, (laughs) I I look at what you guys do and I'm trying to emulate that and trying to engage with uh, your community. I mean, it has such a wonderful, you know, if you looked at my early artist statements, they were all looking, searching for that community. I, I, we can get into origin story. I, I was in bands, you know, my wife and I are, uh, she's a wicked lead guitar player and oh nice i'm a bass player and so we were we'd written hundreds of songs and uh that kind of started to fall apart because you know who wants to see a couple of 50 year olds <laughs> up on the on stage anymore uh hey, I, never know. One. yeah it was good so the point is it started to we started to move away from it yeah and i didn't have that outlet and so i started to draw again in about 2008 and then I started looking for um, a place that'll teach me the fundamentals. Cause you know, I'm, I'm very, I took a, I have a minor in like advanced math. So I'm really kind of methodical from those perspectives. And so I, I'm like, well, what do you do? How do you no, learn? It's how all to making sense. 
yeah, so it's very strong accounting and this other stuff, but also a very good left brain uh, portion. I was an art major and I went yeah. into accounting. So, um, oh, that's that's interesting. And is that where? Um, and then what's the what's Sora? Can you can you tell us about Sora? That? Is this uh, Bruno Cerdo, I believe? Yeah, Br- Bruno uh, started an atelier in uh, Chicago, and I mm-hmm. about two thousand eight. They were actually winding down. I think they had been going for a good 10 years or so. But he's a teacher at uh, the Art Institute in Chicago. And nice. he started his own thing. He rented a big loft on the near west side of Chicago, which is now just absolutely booming. But back then, you could get it for nothing. Right. Um, and uh, so he started the School of Re- Representational Art, which is, you know, your old school Renaissance, you know, 1800s kind of approach to you start with cast drawing and yep. formal uh, figure drawing and, you know, charcoal. Mm-hmm. And so he had a number of young people that were motivated. Ben Rathbone is another uh, good guy. Um, and, you know, uh, I can't remember their handles, so I apologize. But, but they started the school. And so I talked to my boss and said, you know, can I put in 10-hour days on the other days and then take Tuesdays off because they were offering a a summer uh, thing on Tuesdays. And so I just started going to that and uh, did that. And the, uh, what I really hoped to get out of it was a, a, a bunch of contemporaries that would help us, you know, write a manifesto that changes, you know, that in a hundred years, they'll be like, yeah, then Mike met Preston and then they were started exchanging things, you know, right. <laughs> that's what I really want to have happen is that people will have critical commentary and that we could, develop a, a group of people that will look at something and say, you know, this looks really good and, and actually feed off of each other to uh, uh, move our art forward. So, well, yeah. And sorry to pause you real quick. I think that's what every artist wants. They want to be part of uh, some sort of movement or some sort of group. And that shout out to Mike Collins, the Shockbox gallery owner for anybody who doesn't know him. Um, he kind of built that community well, while he was dabbling in art, but even before that, and then he just brought that community along and now yeah. we've continued building it. Uh, him and a bunch of other artists and and now you and people who are coming who are coming on and I do feel like it's kind of similar to some of the movements that happened in New York back in the day back in well, the 80s or back in uh, the abstract expressionist movement sorry anyway keep going well that's exactly what I'm hoping to do is what I want to do is like take some of uh, the elements that I've just seen in Ivan's art and start using it and then like play it back to him and have him come back and say you know what yeah, but then I've taken your stuff and I've, you know, kind of a la Brian Wilson and Lennon and McCartney, right. you, know, you know, of them exchanging these ideas and pushing it forward, you know, so yes. um, that's exciting. Borrowing. <laughs> I think you watched You guys are so there. nice, though. You guys are absolutely so nice. I'm afraid to, you know, there was, uh, I forget uh, that the, there's one artist who, who does, uh, uh, Lauren Mikkel, I can't think of his, I don't know how to say his name, but he does sculpture art. Uh, uh, Scott Mesco? No, no, not Scott. Uh, uh, it, he did uh, sculpture art. He had like paintbrushes with like cigarettes coming out of them. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm, <laughs> so I'm, so, I want, I'm so bad with names, but Lauren yes, he's Mikhail awesome. or something like that. And I wanted to make a comment to him, you know, but you guys are so nice and I don't want to have any critical comments. So I think there's got to be a spot where we can have critical comments and stuff that will push each other, but not do it out in an open forum, like uh, right. Instagram. That's, so it's that's taken such a in good, the, sorry, know, good. So it's taken in the context of 
pushing us forward rather than in a critical way, you know? That's such a good point. I, I was actually thinking about doing an episode about where is the right place to do criticism. And Instagram, you're right, is not the place because you're, yeah. this is a place where everybody's sharing their work and it's kind of got a positive vibe and energy and you want to just be pushing forward and you don't want some random douche from across the world saying, I don't like your work, you know? <laughs> it's just yeah. not that. But yeah, I think, I think it's also necessary to have criticism too though so yeah maybe that's something that we could work in at some point or maybe even have like a virtual meeting where we're yeah critiquing like a critique group or something something i don't know how to work it but or maybe it's just like one-on-one where you say you, where you dm the person say oh this looks great and i've taken this and what are you doing over there you know that right. kind of yeah that's a good idea that's one of the things that um you definitely need as you're growing and and even on any level as an artist you need some professional criticism. Uh, otherwise, if you're just hearing, oh, it's great, everything's great, <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe you're not going to uh, achieve the growth that you want. Sorry, did I, I think I derailed you a little bit. But... I don't know. I get derailed so easily. So, so you, uh, Yeah, well, me too. So you were doing the representational art yep. uh, school, yep. and, and I saw some of your old charcoal drawings, which are amazing. I'm assuming those well, are you. from there? Yes, most of those are from there. And But I continue to do it because one of the things... Uh, once again, Ben Rathbone, he had, he had uh, turned me on to this um, Charles Bark plates. And I've been doing those for a while. And it's just practice to teach both my hand and my eye what realism is, you know. And so these are really old school. You know, they were trying to teach what is beauty. They were trying to ingrain into artists what beauty must be. Oh, nice. And I still think that they're absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. I would probably like the people back in the late 1800s, rebel against someone telling me what is beautiful and what isn't. Right. Uh, but I, I, I know that they're beautiful. So um, so I love doing them. And I love doing these. So I'm working my way through them. It's a, a whole book and I printed them really large and then I just rendered them. So eventually I'd like to do it like a big piece to, and then sell them. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, I, I love the idea also of getting rid of stuff. <laughs> you know, I oh, want to yeah. hold on to it, enjoy it for as much as I can. And then, let it go. <laughs> yeah. Go away. Well, I think art, I think art, when you start pursuing it as a career too, uh, it becomes an exercise in Buddhist philosophy a little bit. It's like learning to let go and surrender a bit because my paintings always used to be my babies. And, you know, I was always like, these should go for the highest dollar. I'm not giving this to anybody for anything less. Right. And, and now I've got like so many paintings in storage that I have to get rid of them. I'm not there yet. I'm trying to, that's, Part of what I'm doing now is trying to build up inventory. I hate to think of it like product, you know. No, but it is I, inventory. You know, I hate to think of it that way because it's beautiful it seems, inventory. But yeah. <laughs> it is beauty. My beauty inventory is way down. You know? <laughs> it, it's just something that I think everybody, every artist has to deal with at some point. It's you hit that point where you're like, okay, I got to start moving some of these now. Yeah, you know I'm ready to let them go. I, I love them. I've enjoyed them, and they can go. <laughs> and they can go, you can, and now somebody else can appreciate them, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so, so I had a great conversation with Mike uh, Collins when I was mm -hmm. out there a after the sweep dominated the competition. <laughs> so, the galaxy. Yeah. The, the, the galactic. <laughs> and it was really about, um, you know, you need to be able to offer uh, things at, at various levels. So people that can't necessarily afford the sweep might be able to afford a piece of yours and, you know, bring people into the collecting process and the appreciation process. And so um, 
I started, I, you know, I'd always wanted to get into uh, printmaking. And if you look at my old graphite on black stuff, you know, yeah, those I saw are one-offs and they're very difficult to do. But if I did it as a print, I could do 40 of them. And, the, you know, and then the price point, instead of being, you know, several hundred dollars could be a hundred bucks, you know, and something that people could afford. And so I'm really excited about the prints, the etchings that I've been doing and the mesotints that I'm working on. Yeah. Uh, and you can also do a limited edition uh, up the price point a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've been uh, a little bit low ball. You know, the first piece, and plus the idea that uh, Shockbox has a way into uh, Artsy. I'm, I'm glad about that. I don't know if you've sold much on Artsy. It's funny. Artsy's been one of the few platforms that I, I haven't figured out yet. I mean, I, I figured it out as far as putting my work up there, but I haven't clicked with uh, collectors on there. Yeah. It's just, it's just like that, you know, each, each one seems to have its little niche, you know? Well, it seems like you do a wonderful job of figuring out what works on each of these different channels. And so hopefully I'll hit you up on some advice on that stuff going forward. But I'm not ready for yeah. that yet. I, I'm yeah, just anytime. In the, I'm in the uh, generation of content mode right now. See, if but I you're doing it right, though, because so many young artists now are just putting out stuff. Like they have three pieces and they put it out and then they have nothing left. It's like, well, create some work first. Create some work, develop a voice, you know, have some inventory, beautiful inventory, and then start working on selling it. So I, yeah. I, I admire that. You're doing it right. Oh, good, good. I have um, no idea what I'm doing. But <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about it. <laughs> you seem like you, that's, that's the main thing. Fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. So I, I got this. I'm all over it. You know, you do. And, and like you seem like you've been doing it for ages. I mean, your, your work is very, <laughs> very strong. Uh, I mean, you well, have been you. doing it since 2008, right? Right. I have been, but it's been like one or two big pieces a year. Okay. And, and I actually, I started with graphite on black and it was a, it was a wonderful experience. I, I started, I generated like 50 of these things, 50 different images. And it's all, I don't know if you're ever familiar with the technique, but it's basically pencil on black paper. And oh, what's, yeah. what's beautiful about it is, you know, you use the prop, usually, you know, as a, as a artist, you know, you know, the harder you push on there, the, the blacker that pencil line because you're drawing on white, but as you're using the reflective property of the graphite, it starts picking up the colors in the room, the people, the colors of the people's shirt in the oh, piece. Oh, that's interesting. I yeah, like so that. you're it, so you're using the reflective property of the graphite, but you only get one. It's like a monotype. You know, you right. can only do one of them. Well, that forces uh, you to be really good. Well, I did a bunch of them, and so now, uh, well, I don't know where I was going with that, but the uh, now Real the, quick, the, the, the yeah. Um, we got to take a pause because we're going to get oh. cut off here in a minute. But let's let me let me get back to you one second here. All right, we're back, and I'm sorry for cutting you off. Do you remember what I interrupted you with? Yeah, I was talking about uh, graphite on black and the picking up, you know, reflections of colors in the room and showing those up in the piece. I love that, and that, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. I think I was headed toward printmaking because I—that's where I'm headed now. I've been haven't picked up a paintbrush. Like I, by the way, I named my easel. It has a, a persona. Of Edith, actually, my sister, my sister-in-law gave us this really old-school. Uh, I guess it's a uh, looks like a, a cabinet of drawers, and I stuck wheels on it and stuck a glass top on it. So now this Edith, and it had Edith on the front. Oh, nice! And so she holds all my, you know, she cradles my uh, uh, my brushes, and she <laughs> has not been touched since I dominated the intergalactic. Oh, no. <laughs> this is highly illogical, Mike. I know. She's, 
No, but I've been doing some great work in uh, mesotint, so I'm super excited. I've been took another class. You know, it's like I worry that I'm going off in too many directions, Preston. So no, no, I think I think it's cool. And and for anybody who doesn't know Mike's work, look at um, it's at Man V Shadow, right on Instagram. Yes, at Man V Shadow. So it's man versus your internal subconscious mind. I love it. And I wanted, I wanted to get into that too, but um, you can check out his, uh, some of his stories and some of his, in the process of, of just what you're talking about right now, I'm learning a lot because I've never actually done that myself. I did like etchings and uh, woodcuts and stuff like that in school, but uh, I never really got into it in depth. I'm interested in, in seeing your process. Well, I'm just, once again, I'm learning, but I think I have a good uh, wealth of of imagery that I want to render, you know, uh, the, the, I did like 60 different uh, graphite on black images. And so I've got all of this stuff that I'd love to put into print and it's really targeted at that black versus white or the, you know, graphite versus black, you know, the, the, you can get such a shine, such a bright uh, off a reflected light that like a print, you know, just that, that harsh contrast is just uh, compelling to me. So. I'm excited about that. And now I'm working on mesotints, which you can get some blacks that, and I, I refer to this, I'm sure you're going to hit me up on the God black, you know, the, the black that yes. is so black that you, you know, it will envelop you and, and, and draw you in there. So by the way, really, great name for a band too. God, black. Are God black. I, know. <laughs> I don't wear just black. It's God. Black. <laughs> I wear God black. That's awesome. So I don't know. My wife talks about, I, I believe there's an artist that has patented this other black, you know, that, that is so black that you, you know, you can't even photograph it, you know, it like grabs your, it's like a black hole kind of black anyway. Oh, wow. I, it's That's a, cool. it's a, a pigment and I haven't had a, any of that, but I, I'm trying to find some of that for my mesotins. You mean this, this artist manufactures their own? <laughs> yes. And then, well, but then he. Is it God? It's not, it's uh, because people were like, you can't, con- you can't patent your own black, you know? And so, <laughs> right. He's like, watch me. It's just yeah, like, I was talking did. to Leah Perino about her fonts. Like she sells her fonts. Oh, Why yeah. not I, just, just sell your own tint? I want that. I want, I want to use some of her fonts in some of this stuff. So I am excited about that. I haven't really, I love the, the graphic nature of that. I love old art deco stuff. Oh, so yeah. I'm all over the place, you know, and the, uh, that's a good thing, though. I mean, being all over the place is just another way of saying that you're passionate about a lot of things. And I think that's essential as an artist. But also, I feel like so many people right now, they get bored so easily. And I think, how can you be bored? There's so much to be interested in. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that you're all over the place. Yeah, you have to, you know, I started interacting. I hadn't talked much with uh, Scott. Uh, Scott, is it Scott Mill Designs? Uh, Scott Meskel? Meskill, yes, yeah. Meskill Designs. Uh, I haven't spoken much with him, but I've been interacting with him lately about what he's reading, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm really excited about that because I'm like, okay. Well, I because I've, my uh, wife's uh, parents were from, uh, they were professors out at Northern Illinois. And so they had this great old uh, library of of literature and and you know old you know psychological books from the 40s 50s and just in the developmental stage so all of these seminal kind of texts we have access to and i'm like oh man this is really well written i've never heard it written this way oh that's amazing yeah that's so cool my dad my dad raised me that way too he was uh 
I mean, he didn't, he was a writer in his spare time. He wrote a few novels and he actually won a Hemingway contest, but he wow. kind of instilled in me uh, the power of books and the written word. And I, I dabbled, I wrote a couple of books myself, which never went anywhere, but Hey, maybe, maybe sometime down the road, well, put but them I out love there. reading. Yeah, I know they're out there. I just, nobody knows where they are. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was all over the place too. I didn't really know how at the time, how to market them. So I was saying, eh, they're out there. If somebody wants to discover them, they can. Well, you know what? I, I still, I bet you, you could go back there and you're going to find a, a shit ton. Sorry. I, I remember I've heard on enough of your guests. You can swear here. Oh, can we can a swear. A ton of, of, of content, uh, of content that's in those, uh, your old manuscripts or in my old graphite on black, you know, just going back to, and, you know, going and taking those ideas now, given your capabilities and what you're interested in and using them there. No, that's great. I've done that before. I've looked back at old books and been like, cause you know, after a while you forget about them and you're like, ah, is this, any, is this even any good? And then every yeah. once in a while I'll look back at a, I used to read a lot of Bukowski and I kind of write poetry yeah. similar to him. And I found a couple of pieces that I was like, Oh wow, these are actually really good. And it sparked some new pieces from me. So yeah, it's always good to revisit what you were going through at the time. Well, yeah, you know, I love to see not only the written word because it gets dated pretty as you're pointing out, it gets kind of dated. I was reading like I, I found in this library uh 18th century English uh romantic poetry. Which, oh nice. No, no, no. It is <laughs> it is the most brutal, uh that was most, a sarcastic nice. Yeah, it was brutal. It you know, you can't even tolerate it. It is so flowery and what and what have but yeah. what was really cool was what the historical context around what they were thinking you know it was right after um right after both the french and you know american revolutions and so they were you know here are all these artists at that time were like you know look at what man can do we are you know we're finally getting democratic kind of uh capabilities away from monarchies and what have you and you know so they just were what was really interesting to me is the discussion of of what was possible in human you know development at that time oh Not, yeah you know, but the art i couldn't it's unbearable <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's just changed so much right I mean, it's unbearable for our modern you know eyes and and minds yeah so, for me once i read bukowski it was hard to go back because he just it was just writing from the gut and yeah mainly the drunken gut i, I fell in love with it now when i read other poets i'm like ah, eh, okay i mean i can appreciate it but he just has a special place in my heart. Um, so I wanted to ask you, you have a big family, right? Uh, I do. Nine, eight, eight other siblings? That's correct. Well, I mean, um, they're not all still around, but we, uh, uh, my brother and I are the babies of this uh, group. And so we were uh, raised somewhat by siblings because mom was working. So, it, it, you know, it's... Um, well, and when you have that many siblings, you know, it's like, yeah, you you, get, it's got to happen a little bit. Well, but you get uh, you get a course in in humility, <laughs> and you get a course in like other people's music. So I I still listen to stuff that like my my friends are all. Uh, I'm fifty eight, and so I'm I'm grown up in the seventies, and uh, so I love all you know Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. But I also love Joni Mitchell and nice. all these things that my sister oh, yeah. just would crank up all day long until mom got home. You know, right. So, so I just love old Joni Mitchell stuff. And I'm like, I rediscovered it. I'm like, oh man, she used to just play that to death. <laughs> and, uh, but now I really appreciate it. So great era for cinema and for music. Yeah. 
But um, so how did that how did that shape your art at all or your perspective being well, uh, having that many siblings? I think it made the decision for me, you know, because uh, as I left for college, I was, you know, my brothers and sisters didn't really get to go. My younger brother did. He and I are the only college graduates from that whole group. Oh, wow. um, and it's just because they, I don't think they ever thought it was in the realm of possibility. Uh, but what it did for me was it made me make the call to go into accounting rather than into art because right. I didn't, I wanted to have kids, you know, I really wanted to have kids and I've had, you know, three beautiful children and we, uh, in my second marriage, we have another beautiful child. And so they're all done and they're all grown up and they're great humans. And so I think we did it right. I'm really happy about it. Yeah, so, it's, it sounds like it. That's part of the reason why I haven't had kids. I hope my wife is not listening. She, <laughs> she's been ready for a while. And I'm like, I got to make sure I, I can take care of myself first. I, I know I can now, but it's just like, you got to pull the trigger at some point. You know, well, it's, if you, you it's gotta never make the sure, exact right time. Well, you got to make sure that you want. Yeah, and plus, you know, my kids, none of them want to have it. And so I, the, the one of the goals of mine was, you know, because I had really good, uh, uh, my father-in-law, was a really great guy and he really accepted me into the family and stuff like that. The, what I wanted to be was like him, you know? So the idea nice. of being a, a great grandpa, you know, I know I'd be a great grandpa, Yeah, uh, but none of them, none of them are going to have kids. <laughs> they, none of them oh, are. wow. Well, yeah, but, they they're, but they're pretty young still, right? Yeah, they are. Well, 30, my youngest, my eldest is just turning 30 next month. So she's going through tribulation, but. Okay. Well, if you remember that time, I'm sure you do. I I changed so much and it could be like next week. You know what? (laughs) I decided I don't have kids. Well, it's funny because I I compare, you know, I remember when I had my first, my wife had my first, you know, who, uh, when (laughs) when we had our first, I was 28 and uh, she's now 30. And I was telling her today that my dad had nine. Wow. My mother had nine by the time she was 29. And I'm like, holy crap. So it's a different time. So maybe it's better that we don't have so many. But anyway. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. I can't even imagine. I have one brother. And, you know, that sometimes seemed like a it's lot. too much. It's too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, so we were but, kind of uh, the uh, – I got started in art because I really wanted – I was an art major. And I, I switched out of it, but I kept loving it. But uh, do you remember those? Uh, I don't know if you ever saw them, but they would they'd be like a little advertisement in the back of a comics magazine or a Mad magazine. Oh yeah, of it's, course. They draw this parrot or draw this pirate, and uh, you if you drew it, they would uh, they'd come out and then they'd try to sell you this whole course in uh, in art. And my mom, you know, really couldn't afford it, so. I really wanted to draw a pirate, you know, and I drew this pirate. It was a brilliant thing and we couldn't afford it. But uh, then I went into, uh, I was an art major because of that. Cause the guy was like, oh, you should cool. see these horrible, the things I have to look at every day and try to sell people. And this is a really good one. And I believed him, you know, and I think it w- probably was a good one, but I don't know. I wish I still had that. Image. Yeah. Well, my friend and I, we just did, we we're like, you know what? We loved Mad Magazine and Crack Magazine. We're just going to make our own magazine. So oh, we just wow. doodled. We drew our own magazine. And we put it together. I wish, I think I have it somewhere. Oh, but man, you got to find that. I know. It was it was so much fun. A little like New Kids on the Block references. You know how they're always referencing pop stars? and Yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, so I, I wanted to do something with you 
before these uh, tree trimmers come up in our business again, you sent me a bunch of really cool brain dump topics. Oh, good. I I wanted to do a quick uh, rapid fire with you with some of these. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to spin the wheel and I'm going to find something that I'm, that I was interested in hearing more about. Um, My first artist statement. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. Did they pick the wrong one? My first artist statement was all about, you know, how I, you know, I want to mix both realism with impressionism and, you know, I would love to go back. I basically want to be in the time with Van Gogh and with uh, Gauguin and, you know, in across the street from the what's a Moulin Rouge, you know, drinking ab- of course, yeah, uh, drinking absinthe, abs- you know, absinthe, yeah, and going <laughs> having your teeth turn green and going yeah. mad. <laughs> so I, that's what I want. Uh, but I kind of got that with you know, so it's like the fruit. My first artist statement is happening right now with the community that I'm receiving from uh, Shockbox. You know, oh, awesome. We haven't done the 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 critical stuff yet. So that's what I hope to, we get out of that is that we'll find a forum that where we can converse about this stuff and push each other. Um, yeah. You should talk to Mike about that and I'll, uh, I'll bring it up to him too. I think it's a good idea. Well, I don't know how to do it, you know, because it's not something that I think you can have public, you know, I don't know what they talked about across from the Moulin Rouge, but they didn't make it public. I bet you. No. <laughs> well, what would be cool is when this whole madness um, goes away or, or subsides a little bit, it would be cool to kind of work that into some of the shows for the people who came out and do like a, okay, post show, whoever's here, whoever's an artist, we can kind of sit down and go over their piece and, you know, what yeah. we liked about it as a jury and what the other artists like about it and, and what, you know, maybe could have been improved to have a little uh, professional critique. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a one. I think it's a good idea. And that's what I'm, I'm desperately seeking. Cause I don't, you know, I hear too much of all oh, this looks so good. You know, I do stuff for, I do dogs. I did a number of dogs for people and they, people love their dogs. Dogs are easy. People are hard, man. We are trained. Oh yeah. Trained to scope out uh, suspicious people. You know, dogs, we can't, dogs will pull it over us every time. We don't have, we don't have the ability to distinguish a mean dog really. (laughs) They're also damn nice. Unless they're biting you. We are like, we have like extra synaptic capabilities to determine, you know, determine a person's intent just by looking at them. When you draw people, it is so hard to get them right. Yeah. And so I need to get better at both being gestural. That's what I really want to do is be much more fluid in the paintings uh, rather than, you know, it, it takes me a long time and they are somewhat, uh, in my opinion, uh, scripted, you know, right. but I want to get, I want somebody else to tell me, you know, cause all I hear is how awesome they are. Mike, this looks really great. You know, so I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to be forced out of your comfort zone a little hey, what's bit. Up, what's up with this hair, Mike? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of hair, I always find hair in all of my pieces for my wife. She wasn't even <laughs> in the room, and I'm like shipping it. And I'm like, oh, but, there's like four hairs in here. You know, they. Uh, I read a, the uh, 50 Secrets of Magic Craftsmanship by, uh, Craftsmanship by Dolly. Uh-huh. And he bans like all animals from the... From the room, he will never let any animal, you know, cats or anything, can never come into the studio because of that. I completely agree with him. I want to move on to another rapid fire question. Okay, MySpace Craven dogs. Oh my god! Well, MySpace. I still have T-shirts from MySpace, and I really wish that it was around. So, Craven dogs is our band, uh, Julia, my band. Um, Oh, nice. 
we had uh, we've written close to a hundred songs together, and uh, I still have one of the best logos ever. It's just a circle with gestural teeth trying to gnaw on this big bone as like a what's the no sign for no walking. You know, so you've got that kind of graphical uh, design. Right. Anyway, I still oh, love it. Oh, that's yeah, cool. It's the, uh, we, we've written up just a ton of songs that are never going to go anywhere, but we're ready if, if, if anybody's ready to sign some 50-year-old rock bands. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you guys come play an opening one day. Oh, I have a little okay. bit of a musical background, too. I was in a punk ska band. A, I think it's required. If you're an artist and you oh, yeah. haven't played a music, my Same son... With- yeah, my son is uh, doing uh, math. It's like a it's like a combination of Newtonian, you know, Pascal and you know Alan Turing rhythmic design with like uh, Johnny Greenwood and Tom York all molded into one thing. It's really cool stuff. Math oh, that life. sounds awesome. Yeah, it's called uh, what are they snooze. snooze. I'm, I'm getting, uh, yeah, snooze is their name. So they're wonderful band. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Okay, let's see. We got a, uh, let me, let me go down to another one here. Jungian psychotherapy, active imagination, civil deconstruction. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the graphite on black that I worked on, I would start to, uh, you know, part of my psychotherapy back then I was doing psychotherapy with a Jungian analyst and he, uh, active imagination is where you just kind of let your mind kind of write the script. And so like a stream it, of consciousness, kind a of? stream of consciousness. And I would do it. I would take one of my pieces and I would imagine that I'm walking into the piece and I would walk into the piece. And then that's how Mandy's shadow came about was um, I was confronted by my 19 year old self. And so this was a really, and so I would write that's all cool. this stuff about it and it's, it's called active imagination. And I think people have a different connotation associated with those particular uh, combinations of words, but in, in Jungian thing, what it was was forcing your imagination to tell the story forcing your, you know, and capturing it. And so, uh, I've done a lot of that. And so I've just got a tremendous amount of, um, like landscapes, you know, internal landscapes that I wish to portray and to get out there and get out of my system. Cause as you paint them, I, it's like a, uh, a release <laughs> to, to, uh, to make it go away. Well, <laughs> I, I love that because I'm always telling people, I think you're your own worst enemy when you're trying to create your inner critic comes in and tries to right. take over. And I'm always just trying to shut them up and be like, okay, I'm just going to let the brush or, or whatever tool I'm using just start moving. And when I'm painting the best is when, when time just stands still and I, I don't even realize I'm painting. There's no critical thinking going on. I got music playing. I might be thinking about, I might be in some sort of a dream state, but I'm definitely not thinking about how the piece is going to end up. And that's when yeah. I think the best stuff comes out personally. I don't know if it's the same with, um, with realism. Yeah. I think it's harder to do that with realism. I believe I love doing that when I'm working a big area, like the yeah. backgrounds of some of my pieces. I loved, you know, I'm using like a, a, a technique that, that reminds me of Van Gogh. I'm trying, I'm stealing from Van Gogh and using both like a pointillist or kind of block kind of, you know, that you've seen it. It's a uh, oblong stroke that he has. And, you just oh, do yeah. a lot of those things. And so those oblong things, I just love those. And so I'll get lost in the background. If I'm working on a face, you can't, I got to be focused on that. Okay. I'm going to move on to another one of these. Okay. Uh, 10,000 hours. I'm assuming this is the uh, 10 years or 10,000 hours. Yes. So that's time. what I'm in the process of. I'm only like halfway through. So in 2008, I decided, you know, this is going to be my, 
uh, goal is by the time I'm ready to retire, which is another three years, if we can get to 62, I'm 58 now. If I can get to 62, so that's four years, then you get to go on to Medicare. <laughs> and right. then I don't have to rely on as much uh, of income and I can be free to do this. So this is like the boat is coming back. You know, I don't really got to step up. The water's not that deep because I'm the 10,000 hours, I'm halfway through it. I've been working a lot, you know, but you can only do so much when you're still uh, doing a nine to five. So hard to work it in when you get up. At, but I get up I, for a while when I'm like really on in terms of creativity. I get up. At, I, there's nothing that will keep me from getting up at 530. I'm like on fire to go do it because I know I got to get it done before nine to get into work. So I'm like, but now when I'm at home, it's like there's less motivation. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm slowing down on my 10,000 hours. I haven't been, I haven't done like a power, uh, I'm sorry, like a Microsoft project of where I'm at or anything, but maybe I need to do that. No, but it's also, it's difficult with painting. I mean, I was the same way when I had my side job, I was pretty much painting like one to two pieces a week and I was doing it in my, in my off hours. So you almost have to go by the 10 years thing instead of the 10,000 hours yeah. <laughs> thing at that point. But, um, well, I can hear these guys in the background trimming trees. So I'm going to ask you a couple more quick things. I don't want to, I don't want to assault people's ears too much here, but um, what would you tell young Mike after all these years of experience that you've accumulated in both the corporate world and the art world? Well, you know, honestly, I, I get, I go back and forth because I, there's rage in that piece, uh, you know, rage. I tell him that you did okay. Just keep going. It's all right. That's great advice. Just well, keep, I, I, yeah. Keep going because, you know, you're going to make your call and you're going to try to do things that, you know, I don't know that I would change too much because I have lovely children and I, and although I would love to have been right out of school, you know, going for it, that's, I don't think that's me. I don't think, I think there's people like you, Preston, that can have the, uh, the courage to burn the boat. I don't think that's me. So I think everybody's got to make their own choice. And I honestly believe I did the right thing because I, I feel like I'm like hitting my renaissance right now. So. Yeah, you know, I can't complain about it. No, I, that's great. And just you know, being at peace with your choices too. And and the great thing about art is it's not like being an athlete where you peak at thirty five or something. You you can do art into your nineties, you know, or, or beyond. So you still have a whole huge <laughs> career ahead of you. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> cool. Yeah. See, there you go. No, it's true though. It's very true. Now, all, all my favorite artists were painting into their nineties. The ones who didn't drink themselves to death. Well, that's, you know, I'm still drinking. And so I'm, I'm, uh, and I love that joke. You know, I wanted to have such a good punchline for you on that. <laughs> you had a piece that was out there. Uh, what was it? Uh, two artists go into a bar and I wanted to, you know, have a perfect joke for that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> two artists go into the bar and the real, no, the abstract painter says, no, the abstract painter wants two shots and a beer, but orders the water. So that was you. And oh. then, <laughs> Well, it depends on what era you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> in the past, it would have been like two two painters walk into a bar and they never come out. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much how it was. Yeah, I day. don't. Well, we're not going to do that. So I'm still, but I've never really had a big uh, big issue with it. So, but I, I I can't get up in the morning, so that's why I would like to cut back. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, as long as you have achieved some sort of balance, it's completely fine. I have a, a drink from time to time, but now I just find myself like if I drink too much, I'm talking even three beers or something. I know I'm not going to get up early in the morning. I'm not yeah. going to work out. I'm not going to get started with my day. So it's just easier to not do it for me. 
Yep. Yep. But uh, okay, a couple more things. First of all, where I think we talked about this a little bit, but where where do you see yourself in five years um, with your art or in life in general? In five years, I'll be off my corporate job. I'll be a hundred percent artist. I'll be traveling to Milan to sell my prints at the Mezzotint conference. I'll be traveling. You know, that's yes. what I hope. Yes. You know, there's a really big uh, kind of a very I shouldn't say big, but a, a very clickish kind of group of people that just love those things. And so I'm excited about producing some work that maybe someone will buy one of these days. You know, I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. So that, that's where I'm hoping that'll go. And I really see those things as being um, kind of a, a way to support myself. And uh, the other thing is I love, uh, I, I think I'm going to be doing the same thing. I'm going to be submitting my stuff into Shopbox and submitting myself to these little shows and then going there because it's such a, it's been such a pleasure to, you know, the experiences that I've had doing such. You know, yeah. And, getting there and getting face to face with people too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, that's cool. And yeah, I don't see any reason why you couldn't get these. You can move these prints. Uh, if they're a hot commodity, you can definitely, I know that people who make a living selling prints. Well, yeah. So fine art prints, you know, that's where I'm at. There's like a little gallery North of you guys too, that I'm interested, you know, I saw them out there. So I want to go submit stuff today. That's what I see myself doing is continuing to do this. You know, Julie is, um, my wife, Julie, and I rock the plates. Are you familiar with mezzotint rocking? Uh, I'm not, actually. What it is is uh, you, you take the copper plate and you have this 85-per-inch toothed device and you rock it back and forth. And it is, you, know, you mentioned it, I forget who you were talking to, probably uh, Kim Schwank, where you meditate about meditating. Oh, yeah. I don't meditate. but Maybe Leah. Mezzotint, yeah, perhaps. Um the uh, mezzotint rocking is a, is a form of meditation and it's a workout while you're doing it because you have to, you rock these plates for 24 hours before you can start to draw on them. So oh, wow. and you, what, what you're doing is pulling, you're pulling the copper up into little tiny peaks and you have to do it in so many different directions in order to do that. And then you, you, uh, you smash them down and, and uh, shine them up where you want the white. It's a, it's a great process for me anyway, because I'm, I love doing these little intricate kind of difficult processes. So. Okay, cool. Well, that's awesome. Um, where, uh, well, we talked about this too a little bit, but where can people find you on the interwebs? Well, I'm recently gone to Facebook, but I hate doing that. I'm not going to, I'm going to kill that. So I'm going to just stick with Mandy shadow. It's at M A N V S H. A-D-O-W, man, man versus his shadow on Instagram. And then you've got M.E. Voss, Michael Edward Voss, M-E-Voss.com. Um, I like it. It's me, Voss. Yes, me, Voss. And so that's out there. You know, I um, I was listening to, it wasn't really Art Economics 101, but uh, Art Economics 201, you know, I wanted to ask how I, because I watch, I look at your site and I'm like, this is really targeted. And it's well laid out and people can, it's easy for them to buy. But my site is not like that. So do you, do you, I wanted to, is it okay to go into this right now? Oh yeah, sure. Do you, I don't see my site as a destination. It's your site looks like an e-com site. And I think that's the right approach. And I wanted you to talk about that if possible. Yeah, I made the transition. um, Yeah. So um, I made the transition I used to have just like a normal website. My wife designed it. She used to do multimedia design and it was just kind of a, your standard 
portfolio. Uh, you know, show, yeah, portfolio, show my work, show, show your exhibition history, all that. But I, I made a transition into, um, I use art storefronts, but basically they sell you on this fact that your website should be like going to a gallery where you can just see, it's like a storefront. You see everything you need. You can just buy it easily with a click. They do a lot of stuff where they have like AR capabilities where you can use your phone and project the the piece on the wall. So it's very easy to visualize it in your home. And so I just kind of made a little bit of a an investment in that. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of work. Uh, I had to do, you know, I had to basically revamp and upload all my work, which was like 700 or 800 pieces at the time. But um, it took me a long time, but I think it's worthwhile because you're competing with, not only are you competing with other galleries, but you're competing with all of these other online marketplaces. And yes. if somebody's going to come to your place and they're not even sure how to click through to, to have like a purchasing capability, they're, they're gone. Because nowadays it's so easy to do that on so many different sites. Yeah. So I just wanted to take a little bit of that you know, out of the equation and just make it simple for them if they, if they wanted to buy something. Now, do you price it the same regardless of the channel? Or, you know, I don't know these kind of basic rules. Well, um, you're supposed to. Yeah, it's one of those. I mean, that's the old school I mean, way so of thinking. A, yeah. It's like a wonderful thing if you could price it a gallery price in your own, you know, where you don't have to pay commission. So what, uh, what's your thought on that? Right. Well, there's like, you know, there's like wholesale and, and retail, but the main thing that I've heard over the years, as far as like pricing on your own site and through galleries, you're supposed to have uh, uniform pricing. So if they go, if they go to a gallery, if they go to your website, if they go to mm-hmm. an art marketplace, they're going to see the same thing. Now, what I kind of do to get around that a little bit is um, I'll have certain sites where I'll have like a discount or a special price on it. And I'll make sure to label that because you don't want a collector to be like, well, oh, well, I saw it here in this other marketplace and yeah. and it's $300 difference. But if you mark it as like, oh, okay, this is a special price, then that accounts for that. But yes. um, I've been trying to keep it uniform. There are a couple of places that take a little bit higher commission. And sometimes there is that kind of need to to up it a little bit so you're not getting hit so hard. Um, right. but so I've, I have done that a little bit, but the short answer is I try to keep it uniform. Makes sense. Yeah. Have you gotten on any of these, uh, I've thought about it. You know, I, I, I'm still, you know, I don't have enough inventory to make sense to do that. So I'm just kind of figure out how I it's, this is the two to five year kind of plan. So I'll figure this out as we go. But, um, right. I mean, you have enough stuff that you have some quality photorealistic stuff that I could see selling very well as a print on some of these places like society six or fine art America. So maybe look into that Yeah, because it could just be like a supplemental income thing, if nothing else. Cool. And then the last question that in my art economics, tool one section of grilling of Preston <laughs> is, uh, do you hold back um, like displaying on Instagram or on anything on stuff that will be in a gallery, you know, cause I, I feel like you, there's pressure not pressure, but you want to continue to uh, keep people liking your stuff on specifically Instagram. And so you want to put it out there early, but you don't want to show, you know, you almost want to reveal at the get, you know, I, I, I get the feeling I want to reveal, like I didn't want anything out there before I got out to, uh, to show uh, the sweep, you know? Well, I think nowadays it's such a different market, uh, especially if you have an online presence, I will just put my new stuff up unless I'm, preparing like a show a big like, for show example, like a, a solo show or something uh that i'm just creating pieces specifically for that then yeah. i'll hold back a little bit but if it's just going to be something that's for 
mass consumption. And then a gallery, for example, picks up a piece later on down the road and I've already been showing it. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter to me, although I will, obviously you have to take it down on all the art marketplaces. If you have it, um, if you have it assigned to a specific gallery where they have like a 30 or 60 day uh, before and after, ah. sometimes, you know, they'll show it for a month and then they're like, well, you're still under contract for 30 or 60 days. So if this, if this sells, like, let's say you put it back up on Instagram after you were in the gallery, then you, and, and you sold it or you sold it through a different marketplace that takes 40% of that sale, then you're going to have to also split another commission with that gallery because you're technically still under contract with it. Ah, so yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, you just have to be aware of all those things. And if you have a big online presence, that can be kind of a pain in the ass because yeah. you have to, t- you have to really be meticulous, uh, keeping oh. track of what's where, wow. but you sound like you're pretty meticulous. So I think you well, I am, problems. yeah, I don't want to sell any of it actually. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just hey, that's wanna, great. Yeah. I just want to get it out away from me. <laughs> right. Well, you know, that's also nice though, because it keeps it pure. I mean, I think I've been able to keep it a little pure and, and do a little balance between uh, putting it out there for consumption and also sticking to what I love. But I think that's one of the major problems facing a lot of young artists nowadays, because the first thing they're starting to see is social media, right? Even before they're an artist. So they're already kind of getting into that game of, okay, this is how you market your work. And they really don't even know who they are yet. Yeah. And I think it does kind of compromise quality sometimes, not with everybody, but with quite a few people. Uh, so I think you're, I think you're doing it right. And you probably ironically have a higher chance of selling stuff that way anyway, <laughs> because you're not so, you know, you're not so, uh, yeah, it's the, uh, the mango, the what? there's a old Saturday night skit, Saturday night live skit where mango, he, oh, like, mango. <laughs> he looks at, he looks at the camera and it's like begs them to come get you. But then they say, look, he turns away. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's the same. You know, anybody who's ever gotten a relationship, it's always been when they when they weren't looking or anybody who books, you know, an audition or they book a role without getting a callback even. It's because they they were like hung over. They didn't care about it. It's It seems to be that way. I don't know why that is. But uh, whenever you're forcing something, people don't seem to be in yeah. the market to buy it. Well, Preston, I really, really, really appreciate you having me on. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now you, do you have any more questions for me or what, what's the next step? I think we're good. I think we just hang up on each other. Oh, no, I'm, <laughs> no I'm kidding. Uh, no, I had a couple, I was going to do a little rapid fire, but it sounds like it. these guys are, are getting closer to, to us. So maybe we should save it for a round two. What do you think? That'd be great. Okay. In cool. Five years, five years when I'm in Milan. I, you can't yes. in Milan. When you're making a living selling your prints, uh, that'll be awesome. But good luck to you. I'm I'm excited to have you in the well. We're excited to have you in the yeah. upcoming show at Shop. Oh, I shipped it. I shipped it. Oh, my, nice. So I'm excited. So, okay, cool. Well, I can't cool. wait to see it in person. And uh, next time you come in person, uh, we'll have to talk because I think I missed you at the other one. Yep. Well, we were kind of scared to hang around. We're from the Midwest. We don't know nothing. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, next time, don't be don't be scared. Hang around. <laughs> All right. We will. All right. Awesome, Michael. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Preston. You bet. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. 
This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.